Welcome back. Welcome back to Pop Opinions. Pop Opinions. Episode 38. Nope. 39. Yeah, 39. We're one away from 40. That's so exciting. I love when we have those. The, this is like milestones. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. exciting. How you doing? Uh, I'm okay. It's been a rough week. You know, I'm not gonna lie. It's There's been a lot kind of stacked, but there was quite a few things we were waiting on. And everything has worked out this week. So it's been a very uh, good week for that. You know, we were, there was a few things that had happened and the dog went in for surgery and we had a friend that was in for surgery and then we had maybe a potential COVID thing happen here and everything has worked out beautifully this week. So it was very stressful and now I feel good for the rest of the week. That's good. I mean, we're halfway there. Yeah. I love hump day. Or <laughs> Thursdays. We were, we, yeah. We, we record, record sporadically, on, but we like mostly record on Wednesdays. Comes out Thursdays. Yeah. How Th- are you, Jack? I'm actually, I mean, uh, besides all of that, because that has been a lot over the past few weeks, this mm. is like ramping up to be the best time of the year for me. Nice. Because of sports. Yeah. Sports. Yeah. NHL playoffs started as we're recording tonight's the NBA play in, and it's Steph Curry versus LeBron Oof. again. Fun times. Who does, who do both of them play for? That's okay. Two quick trivia. Steph Curry yep. plays for uh not Seattle, but like on the West Coast over there. Definitely um, West Coast. Not something Warriors? Yeah. Golden? Very close. State. Yes. Warriors. Golden State Warriors, yep. And LeBron plays for Cleveland in nope. Nope. I'm also just I know where you're going. He doesn't play there anymore. Oh. Uh like Miami? That's uh, the second stop of his career. So this is... LA. Yeah, there we go. You almost... If you said Cleveland one more time, you would have gone through his career path. There you go. Cleveland, Miami, Cleveland. And yes, he plays for the Los Angeles Lakers. Nice. And who do you want to win or do um, you know who's going to win? Uh, I feel like the Lakers will probably win. Okay. My best case scenario is Steph Curry scores like 56 points and it's like a close game at the end. But either way, this isn't like an elimination game yet. Oh, so it's like game one. Uh, no. So it is like a one game, like it's a play in tournament. I love that. Sorry. I wish you guys could see the way he was looking at me because he's like, oh boy, here we go. Okay. So. So the top six teams make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Guaranteed. So the Lakers are the seven seed and the Warriors are the eight seed. Okay. So they play each other and the winner gets to be the seven seed. How would you play with seven teams? What? Seven seed. Like they are seventh in the conference. But then one plays seven. No. Two S- plays six. No. In the regular playoffs, one plays eight. That's what I'm saying. You can't have seven teams because that doesn't work out. You need two teams for every playoff. Yeah. So six teams make the playoffs. Yeah. Then the number seven seed Lakers play the eight seed Warriors. Right. Lakers versus the Warriors. Okay. And the winner of that gets to be the seven seed, and they play the two seed. So this is just to get into the playoffs. Right. Okay. And then uh, the nine seed and the ten seed play. Yeah, you should write this down. If you see it, you're a very visual person. I am. I don't understand. Okay, so write one, out, write one, out, one would play what? Uh, okay, so that's one through six that they don't know who they're necessarily playing yet. But because of this. two places, seven. Yes, so between the Lakers and Warriors, three plays six. And four plays five. So seven and eight right. are playing That's, against each other. But what do you understand what I'm saying is that if there are seven teams there's, playing. But there's six. But there's not because you're saying that well, there's, there's going to be seven. But there's ten. There's ten teams that make the playoffs. Technically. You said six. Six teams are guaranteed a playoff in, in the NBA playoffs. You guys, playoffs. this is like a legit conversation in our house. Like, this is, like, he tries to explain things to me and Oh, uh, okay. Work. So, one through six. They're all guaranteed a playoff spot. Okay. But Se- you're saying two's playing seven. Well, like, that's just how it, it will end up being. So, right now, your pen does not work. It's on my pen. It's in here. Seven versus eight. And the winner plays the two seed. Okay. Then nine versus ten play. The winner. I put Wiener. Plays the loser of that first game. Okay. 
and then whoever wins that i'm just can i ask you a question of course why do they make it so confusing money because these this is like this is the way i say i like to describe it is there's because they played games last night they're basically game sevens so this the nine and the ten which would probably be going on as a recording whoever loses that game is out their season's over it's like a winner go home situation okay and whoever wins that plays the loser of like the lakers warriors game I just feel like someone's in a corner trying to make it the most complicated it can possibly be. It's because, well, like pandemic and they needed a way to make money. So making these, they sell well, it to the Is there billions getting, are they dropping to millions instead of billions? Yeah, I mean. I hate it when that happens. The NBA isn't as, in an, isn't as uh, stressed for money as other lucrative? leagues. Oh, it is lucrative. Yes. Probably the second most behind football. Nice. So that was good. This is a good good place to promote the Joe Show. Episode eighty comes out Friday. Oh, that's so fun! Where uh, Dad and I will be talking about these because we understand what's happening. <laughs> that's fair. So we'll be talking about the games and not trying to figure out what's actually happening. That's fair. That's why we're here to talk about movies. Yeah, I don't. I don't do sports. It's okay. Yeah, you like. You can pay attention to sports when you just go, oh, what's happening? And as long as it's just like a one sentence, this is happening. That's a little confused. I can get that it's confusing if you're not, but... Well, especially because I feel like it should always be even numbers because I don't understand how you have odd numbers because then one play- one team doesn't have someone to play. That's where it's confusing Who doesn't have someone to play? Oh, I can't get into it again. We'll have to do this off air. Yeah, like I, I just, I, I don't know. Uh, to me, it just makes sense. Well, I understand that. But it doesn't make sense to me. Would it make sense if I like told you what the teams were? No. Okay. We'll try it after. We'll let you guys know how it goes. Okay. Um, we also did our hockey draft. Do you want to tell everybody about that? The hockey playoff? Uh, yeah, we do like a playoff pool where we pick one player from each team and then four extra players. But it's like a draft. Yeah. And yeah. we did like a whole like draft night experience. It's really fun. We all got dressed up. We had the whole music playing. We're like... I had a f- I had one of these microphones not plugged in that we had to talk into or else no one could hear us. Exactly. It's something... It's something fun to do. Yeah. And we've done it for years. And then I put it on a big Bristol board and then we update it with like just a sticky of what your total is from your players. And so, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I like it. Doing well. We're one and two right that now. I get. Yeah. Well, that's just, that's just, well, like if you had to do it, like if you had to do the math, I don't know how well that would. Oh, if I had to figure out what yeah. that. No, 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 no. You just, you you can look at it at a far and look at your total. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, we're going to talk about our two movie challenges, Cinema Paradiso and Airplane. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to do, this is going to be part one of kind of like an ongoing, not yeah. necessarily planned series of just iconic scenes. Yes. I broke mine down really like. I'm sure you did. But I'm not going to say all of them now because I have a lot, but I like to, I want to talk about some of them a little more in depth right yeah, now. That's fair. All right, let's start with Cinema Paradiso. Okay. It is a 19, depends what year, 88 or 89, because it came out in 88, won the Oscar in 89 for Best Foreign Language Film, and then the director's cut came out the next year. Mm, Okay. Which added, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. I think 45 minutes is what they said added on to it. Yeah. Um, Directed by Giuseppe tonatore mm. i don't i hope i said that right yeah um in i mean cinema paradiso not in english literally just translate to new paradise cinema oh okay that's fine i didn't know that uh so it tells the story of uh salvatore di vita and his love of film which watching this made me think this is such like an oscar kind of bait movie it is where the Oscars love movies that talk about movies. <laughs> yeah, they're they're, they're so very true. like full of themselves where it's like, oh, where you're talking about how this kid loves movies and he has this friend and he's blind, but they still make or not make the movies. They still run the movies and yeah. it burns down and it's very just the love of the film. Yeah, it for was sure. it, it was long. It was long. It was like I wouldn't say it was a bad movie it just wasn't maybe my cup of tea like it's not uh I think when you go into a movie though and it says three hours for me I'm already like oh god it's gonna be like Roma all over again or something I don't know like I get anxious about it the only time 
it's worked as if it's like a fun like avengers like i'm not gonna say endgame is some cinematic masterpiece there's problems with it but it's three plus hours and you're there to have fun this feels like more of like a i don't want to say serious movie because it does have some fun parts but it's definitely more of a film like i would call endgame a movie i like that description this would be a film yeah for sure so we see this little kid what i like about it is they follow this like little for for quite it must be 60 years or something right so we see him as like a little kid maybe what would you say five yeah pretty young five six talking okay so he's that age then we see him kind of more in the teen years and then we see him much older like maybe 60s we were guessing we're not really sure i have to say the little kid in it is so freaking cute and he is he's so precocious and he's so he's so bad but he's like he's so bad that he's like so adorable um the one thing that you and I like we watched it together which is always hard because we don't want to talk about it because we want to keep it authentic on here but there was like this classroom scene where he's at school and the teacher had another kid up at the chalkboard and she called him a dimwit first of all and then she was like hitting him and both you and I looked at each other like oh my god like I couldn't believe that this was allowed he is a pretty Even in the 80s he has like, a pretty clear like welt on his forehead yes and like he gets the question wrong and he's being a kid he's being a jerk it's like what's five times five and he keeps getting it wrong and the kid like our main kid tries to help him he's like look it's 25 and he's like pointing at a christmas tree yeah and he just goes christmas and then she like not bends him over in that way like she doesn't hit his butt she like kind of just bends him over and just hits like the back of his head head and his back yeah and this movie is full of adults first of all threatening even like alfredo who is like the kid's best friend is amazing in it at the beginning he says to the kid like i will split your head open right <laughs> like it's not like normal like oh i'm gonna hit you or like yeah. oh if you're bad i'm gonna spank you he's like i'm gonna split your head open but yeah. it's also like not his parent yeah which his mom his, his mom, mom is, is- like wow. the beginning of the movie is talking about because it starts off with him being old like the very beginning is yeah, like yeah. him as he's older the mom's like i haven't seen him for 30 years and you're like oh that's terrible like why why would that happen you're watching it like i am i supposed to feel bad for you mom yeah. you're like just hitting your kid and obviously she has stuff going on the dad is off at war presumed dead yeah and her her resolution to everything is just i'm gonna chase you down this villa and, and i'm gonna just i'm just gonna wail on you he off yeah like she was constantly hitting this kid it's like what is happening right now and that, that was my main thing i was just like i'm i can't feel sympathy for you if you're like oh i miss my son well maybe you should have just been a little nicer yeah yeah or, or just not like let stuff go because you're right he was what'd you say precocious i said precocious yeah like he he is he's mischievous he like yeah. likes getting away with things and he's always going to watch movies movies and he wants to just be he wants to learn about it and stuff right and she's just like no it's always you in these movies and yeah it's like I, I don't feel bad that he hasn't called you in 30 years like he's not out stealing bread he's going to the movie theater like it was like the cinema like what is the big deal I loved um, the relationship between um, Sal- Salvador and Alfredo was it was so like once it evolved past when he was a little kid and he ended up teaching him. And then at one point there's a fire and Alfredo can't get out. And so Salvador saves them and that's how he ends up blind. And then they they keep this beautiful friendship going. The scene that I found when he leaves in the train and uh Salvador is leaving and Alfredo basically says to him like I don't want you to come back like I want you to forget about us and he just is he's releasing him he's like don't don't come back like just go live your life do what you find like it's much more eloquent than I am just saying but it was it was a really nice scene and he is kind of like screaming in his ear like don't like don't look back if you come back I'm not letting you in my house yeah like he just he knew he could be something special so he just he knew if he was holding on to something back here yeah back there that it just he wouldn't reach his full potential yeah he wouldn't i'm pretty sure he's a all. doctor yeah like someone comes up to him and is like oh are you doctor, doctor. yeah whatever which is so funny i thought he was going to be something in film yeah i yeah. guess maybe just film is just like a fun for fun thing right. for him yeah but it just seemed like especially during his like formative years that he that was his like passion yeah like even making yes yeah 
that's all I really have for it. I don't know. Uh, film nerd quarter has to be, which I didn't notice it until you said it, because it was very like it was very quick how they did it. Uh, Alfredo rubs Salvador's face, mm-hmm. and he goes from being a little kid to being this like I guess you could say teenager, yeah, like high school age. Yeah, yeah. Um, this relationship with Alfredo we talked about. Um, he's willing to j- ditch everything because he's a hormonal teenager because he sees the girl. <laughs> yeah. Which the girl relationship I thought was pretty good because it wasn't like the focus. No, it wasn't. I, I, I did a little bit like I didn't even want to have something like that because I wanted it to just be about Al- Alfredo and Salvador. Yeah. That's what I wanted. So when the love interest came in, I was kind of like, this is so like typical like just it doesn't have to always be a love interest or it could have been much more minor but i think they did a good job with keeping it pretty minor yeah especially the end they kind of have this meeting but it's it's almost kind of surprising because he sees the woman's like daughter and he thinks it's her which both of us went well wouldn't they be the same age she wouldn't look like that anymore yeah yeah i also wanted to say just imagine this movie being made now because they lose each other for 40 50 years or whatever yeah. this is made now it'd be like i can't believe i found you after two whole months i saw your instagram post <laughs> right. and knew where you were yeah it you makes me find anybody these movies are just they make so much sense for the time because like that wouldn't happen now no you can it'd find be anybody. very difficult very difficult to like lose, lose someone yeah. for that long yeah for sure uh, it also made me think because Alfredo goes blind in this movie. It's one of my favorite conversations of would you rather be blind or deaf? Yeah, I, I definitely as much as I love music, I I and I work with blind students like that is my actual job. But I just I would not want to be blind because I just because I love photography and I love movies and I love, you know, I don't know. I just I mean, to not hear music would be really sad to me. But yeah, I would definitely pick. I would rather be deaf. I just feel like also if you're deaf, you can do more. Like there's, it's easier to do things yeah. than when you're blind. Yeah. I just think like driving, like you can drive if you're blind. Like there's just so many things I really enjoy that I think I would, you know. I also, I've always wanted to learn sign language. Yeah. I think it, I want to just learn it now, even though I'm not blind. I just think it'd be cool. Like if. Well, blind students don't know sign language. I know why. Why would people think that? I don't know. That's really I get asked that all the time. I don't know why, but that's really funny. Like, I know it's not really appropriate, but it's just so funny to me to think about like someone being like, "I'm doing sign language." Yeah. It's like okay. They have people ask that all the time. They're like, "Oh, what's your wife do?" And then he'll say, and they're like, "Oh, does she know sign language?" Yeah, yeah. So she signs to the dot to the blind children. Like what? Yeah. And it, I guess it's to some people, it's just if you're not, if you can't hear and see, then there's just one solution. Right, right. It is a very simple answer. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, like best foreign like language film winner sure. for an Oscar. Sure. Made sense for when it was made. I yeah. don't know if I needed 45 extra minutes. I feel like I got everything I needed in, a sh- I could have gotten everything I needed in a shorter amount of time. Yeah. But Overall, I mean, I, I, I take this as not that we watched that movie like because we had to, but because we got to. And Yeah, I like that, too. I think this thing that um, Uncle Tyler got us is so cool because it is pushing us outside of our comforts. Hey, you you can't just watch we, what you like. Yeah. So it's it's fun and you get to see movies that I wouldn't necessarily choose. And sometimes you find a gem and sometimes you find something within the movie that is a gem or, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, are you ready for her second movie? Yeah. Airplane, 1980, directed by uh, David and Jerry Zucker. Zucker. Okay. And uh, Jim Abrahams, because it looked like I wanted to say Abrams, but it looked like Abrahams. Okay. Uh, no. I don't even know what the description of this movie is. It's they're on a plane. Yeah. And a lot of stuff happens. It's a lot. Okay. So... I just want to say that um, my parents, so this movie came out in 1980. I was seven years old. My parents were obsessed with this movie. So all I remember is them watching it and just dying laughing all the time. But I didn't really understand the movie then. I don't know if I understand it even now, but no, I'm just kidding. It's, yeah, it's just a, it's a very slapstick comedy, right? It's very, it's, um, what do they call that kind of comedy? Like, um, 
like when it's like movement and like hitting and physical comedy. Yeah, yeah, it's like a physical comedy and a literal comedy. Yeah, very very silly. Silly is definitely. Um, there's just there is a storyline which it could have been made into a serious movie, but I think because that's what Dad said to us that they're that's kind of a parody of these serious movies. Oh, okay. And right off the bat, there's a Jaws reference. Yep. It's the plane, but it's as the shark. Right. Um, at the beginning, and it's something where there's so many like small, subtle jokes in it mm-hmm. that it's hard to talk about all of them. One, like right off the bat, there's the airport airport voices that are like announcing stuff. They just start arguing. Yeah. And basically about like doing their job wrong. Yeah, and then he gets the the pilot gets a call and they're like pick up the red phone or whatever and he picks up I guess the yellow phone and he puts it to his ear and he goes no the red phone like that's the kind of comedy it is it's like silly and and um uh what's it oh pilot gets a call and it says oh yeah white phone and then heart I don't even know what I put says something about smoking or non-smoking plane uh yeah it's so like our main character first of all taxi driver picks up a client gets out but leaves the meter running yeah and for the whole movie the guy is just sitting just in the- sits in this because he's going after a girl who's a, who's a flight attendant and yeah so that's kind of the premise of it and then yeah. they get on a plane and then i don't know they eat the fish people get sick yeah, and then the all the pilots get sick, which the pilots, um, I, I'll, I'll have a whole Kareem thing, but I, I like that he was in it. The captain's name was Captain Over. Yep. And then he said, it was like Captain Over, Roger oh. Rogers, and uh, what's the vector, Victor? Yeah. Like, it's a lot of <laughs> stuff like that. The smoking ticket thing is really funny because at that time, it's a question. Do you want smoking or non-smoking? Yeah. And he's like, I'll take smoking. And the ticket is actually smoking. smoking. Yeah. And I thought that was really clever just because I was like, oh, like, do you want the non-smoking area? Like, the smoking area. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of kept evolving to that where that one joke was really good and they just kind of kept doing that same kind of joke. Yeah, because they did the other one that I really liked when they asked, like, we have to get her to a hospital. And then they the girl responds, what is it? And they say, it's a building for medicine where you go. Like, that's not what she was asking. What obviously she's not asking what a hospital is she's and it's a and it's a few times where it's like what's this and it's like well it's this and this and this and it's like no that's not the yeah that's not how they were asking that question right. um one uh, and first of all one of my favorite questions after watching it is how quickly if they've released this movie today wow gone how quickly does it get canceled canceled i say so inappropriate sometimes by the time we get to uh the two black guys talking jive and then putting subtitles for white people yeah it was so bad 2021 canceled watching it it is so funny because it's just so wrong yeah and the one like white woman comes over and starts talking jive with them and they still put the subtitles and i just thought wow that is amazing i I love that we have this comedy that is so just inappropriate and wrong like the two main characters i guess you'd call the flight attendant like them their relationship the two main characters they're talking and she's like you know when i used to sit or like when i sat on your face and it's just like it's so good because they don't make a big deal about it no it's very subtly put thrown in there it's just like oh this is the line and you're not no one's stopping to laugh about it yeah it's just like oh no you get to laugh about that because she was having this legit real conversation she was talking about sitting on his face yes yes or the shit's going to hit the fan. And literal shit hits the fan. Yeah. So it's that kind of. That uh, kind of oh, I liked the pilot, the autopilot. That was pretty funny because it yeah. was like a blow up man. And but he would he would uh, his expressions would change and stuff like he was just. And he was be- like legit like flying the like he was in control of the plane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple jokes that I didn't know were a part of this movie. There's a little girl, like a little boy that offers little girl coffee. And he's like, oh, do you want cream? And she's And she says, uh, no, I take it black just like my men. Mm. Which like seven, eight year old girl saying that. Wow. Right. Another, this just, it's almost like if you watch this movie and you want to have a drinking game out of it, drink every time you think anyone in, in today would get offended. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people, yeah, people get offended. Right. So. But it's just it was just meant to be funny, and it was in 1980. So yeah. the pilot, 
who they bring a kid up there and he's just like hey have you ever seen a naked man and he says something else weird yeah and it's, it's weird it was it was like it's like they were writing the script and they just thought we're just gonna make this guy like 95 percent. everyone think he's like a 95 percent chance he's a pedophile <laughs> yeah because he just says have you seen a naked man and you're like what and like, then they kind of skim over it they just start start talking about something else and it's like did yeah. you just say that yeah the kid doesn't acknowledge it also the um uh like surely you can't be serious and uh it's leslie nielsen right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he goes uh i am serious and don't call me shirley which he says a couple of times because like he does yeah i only knew it as like the one time but like he says it to multiple people right also the um like get a hold of yourself where this one woman's freaking out so there's people like lined like five six people lined up and they shake her by the shoulders and then slap her in the face yeah. and shake her in the shoulders. And they just, it was one of those things where I didn't write it down, but Family Guy has taken so many jokes from this movie. Right. And it made me think, wow, it's that influential that the show from like starting in 1999 is still taking jokes from that movie. Yeah. I think it's one of those movies though, if you find funny, you find it really funny. Like I wouldn't say I didn't find it funny, but it's, it's just really not f- my type of yeah, humor it is a little like like but we I, said before it's on the sillier side yeah but i can see why people would think it's funny it's just not what i think is funny i think it's just it's also a movie where it's the perfect length like it's an hour and yes. 27 minutes yes if it was any longer they just wouldn't have us honestly if anything they could have made it shorter yeah and it just kind of it works yeah i i agree i think if they're making you know making that for two hours i think i would have felt very differently Oh, I, I'm glad I was looking through my notes. Um, so, uh, Stryker, because he's like a former military man, and he's talking about the girl, and he's sitting down next to someone. And I'm going to say three people either... So, two people kill themselves yeah. listening. So, there's this old woman. She hangs herself. Yeah. You look over, and then all of a sudden, her feet are just there. Yeah. Instead uh, of her head. Yeah. Talking to another guy, he stabs himself very also stereotypical Asian like yeah. like karate kind of deal. Right. Stabs himself. Third guy, also racist, and I honestly don't remember which racists were coming from. Definitely a racist caricature. And he is like going to light himself on fire. But yeah. he gets he gets saved for like a minute and then he like drops a match or something. Yeah. He blows himself up. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I have to say, is my favorite part because in terms of athletes acting, and it's something I definitely want to make a whole segment one day to talk about all these different, he is good because he doesn't have to do much. Yeah, yeah. They don't ask him to be. He's not a star. He has a couple lines. And the kid that, like, it's pretty much like he's in, like, three scenes maybe. Or, like, three, like, where he's, like, really talking. Yeah. And this kid goes, hey, you're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He's like, no, I'm Roger Murdoch or whatever, uh, pilot. And he's like, you know, my dad says that you don't try hard enough on defense and that you only care about uh, playing when it's the playoffs. Oh, boy. And he grabs this kid by the collar and he's like, you try uh, you try playing against like Bill Walton or whatever. You try running up and down the court for that long. Yeah. And then eventually he also changes into like almost a full Lakers outfit with like his signature goggles. <laughs> I just I, I really like seeing him because I only really know him now and like the job that he's done now really as like an activist. But like just seeing him, he's silly for a few minutes yeah. and like I, I I can't say I love this in movies all the time when like when Julia Roberts plays Julia Roberts in one of the Oceans movies like that to me wasn't good right but like this was good because it was like oh no i'm not this guy and it's just a huge wink to the audience right right especially in 1980 because i said to you like this was in the middle of his playing career and it's almost kind of weird to see him to see a professional athlete do that do that take time out from their athleticism to film a movie yeah i I just him calling it like call like yeah my dad does it i just found that (laughs) so funny because that is how so many people are with professional athletes yeah uh that's i think that's all i got anything? yeah no that's all i have <laughs> not like what was the wasn't it a movie a couple of weeks ago that you just had like two notes i know i know because like i don't know it's just like a comedy it's a silly comedy so i'm like i don't even know so I, that's why i did a few examples when it's like i don't know what else to say about it because it's just like silly they're in an airplane they gotta land it yeah i feel like the outcome of the movie didn't really even matter like it no no uh, so if it ended badly, I think that would have been that would have been a pretty dark turn. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, all right, let's get into iconic. Well, we'll call this one iconic movie scenes because okay, I yes. want it to be specific because I could do back and forth movies, TV, but this will be an ongoing. Yeah. We can always come back to it because there's so many scenes. So, I, so many scenes. I think we just, we'll just go back and forth, bounce off each other. And I'm sure we have quite a few the same. I'm going to say we don't for this one, but. Oh, because I have like a long list, but I'm just like picking a select few. Okay. Um, But first, before we start, I want to ask you like, what, what do you think makes a good scene? Like, what are your, what's your criteria? Um, It's hard because some categories. So do you want me, do you want to hear my categories of how I broke it down? Yeah, yeah. So I have like war slash crime. Okay. So like kind of action-y sports. Yep. I love me my sports. Uh, Marvel. Okay. Because I wanted there's like specific because they could fit into some categories and comedy. Okay. That is how I broke it down. And when I think of like really good scenes, I think of like I need stakes. I need good people doing their job well. And that's not just actors. That's like the scene, like the setup, the yeah, camera angles. Yeah. I love the composition of a scene. Right. Yeah. I was thinking about it and I was like, for me, it's like, it's like music and the shots and the editing. And then for me, when I was going through in my mind of, of scenes I liked, I found I was definitely leaning more towards the emotional scenes for this, for this round kind of thing. Like I found that I really was like, when I was writing them all out, I was like, wow, I'm really getting into the emotional ones as opposed to like, you know, Mission Impossible or so, like I didn't go that route for this for this time. I just mm-hmm. kind of kept it more like these are my ones off the top of my head kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's let's hear your I feel like you're more prepared of like you have a few select that you want to talk about. Yeah. So uh, I'll, we'll go with we'll just go back and forth. But you go first. OK. Um. So Almost Famous is uh, if you listen to this podcast is one of my most favorite movies of all time. But there is. And there's some beautiful, amazing scenes in this movie. But the scene that for me is it just always it brings me joy. And it's um, so they're on the bus. They all had just gotten in a fight. The band's on there and they're they're fighting and nobody's talking. Everybody looks really grumpy. And the song Tiny Dancer comes on. And one by one, they all start kind of singing along. And then by the end, they're all just like screaming at the top of their lungs, the song and it kind of brings them all back together and they're all smiling again. And it just is one of those like scenes that I just, it makes me happy and it gives me joy. And every time I hear the song, tiny dancer, I, I think of that scene. Mm -hmm. So that would be, that would be my one of them. All right. I'm going to bring this all the way down and I'm going to say it just again, set piece composition, all stuff like that. The number one scene I thought of when we said we were going to do this is, 27 minutes of saving private ryan d-day so that that's good we could talk about it it's just this is the one where it's not like you see a-list stars everywhere it is just like the raw pure guts and it's not necessarily exactly what war is like but it's definitely not drawing a pretty picture of what it's like yeah it is like in the trenches you're watching your friends die and it is is really intensely shot and it's just it's kind of that scene where you almost feel like you hold your breath for the whole time because you're just you can't believe that this is happening when like Tom Hanks is looking and he's in the boat and he's looking kind of on the beach and he's just like, you know, you just have that. Oh, boy. <laughs> kind like, of this like, is what we're getting ourselves what into. What is this? Yeah. And that is one of that's up there is one of my favorite movies. Not super rewatchable. No, I don't think so. But like even like Tom yep. Hanks scene at the end is really good. But just that beginning of how they suck you in. And it's like eventually they build characters and you get to know them a little more. But in this moment of just kind of like kind of like faceless names and bodies, just the reality of what war yeah. could have been like, especially for a uh, traumatic occasion like D-Day. Yeah. Yeah. I think... Like there's war movies are always there's always a few I don't have this on my list but just because we're talking about it I would say Dunkirk there is yeah. a scene where they're actually in airplanes um and it is so visually appealing the scene and it is silent there isn't one sound and it's almost so eerie but the sky is so beautiful and the, you have all these planes I don't know it is it was for me Dunkirk was one of those like. Well, I find all war movies hard. I still watch them, but I do find them hard. 
But that scene, I remember being like, wow, because I'm usually about music or about like something. And this one was dead silent, which I thought was a really interesting way uh, of choice. It's it's different. It's something and it's Christopher Nolan, someone that we've seen a lot in our top 100. And like he's one of the best directors that you could just tell it was not even necessarily a rash decision. It was just you know what, let's make this different. Usually, I'll, especially a movie, because one of your favorite like sound movies is Hacksaw Ridge yeah. because of the sound. But this was just, you know what, take the sound out of it. it the stakes can be just as high. You're yeah. still in a plane, and it's almost more stressful that you can't hear anything. It is. It is. That's exactly how I felt. I was like, this is eerie. Like, I want to hear the plane. Like, I want to, like, but, but what a great choice. Like, I was pretty happy with that choice. So, mm-hmm. yes. So that, that was your next one? So No, I, I said Pri- Saving Private Ryan was my next one, but I Dunkirk was just kind of thrown in there. Yeah. So my turn then? Yeah. Okay. So I have kind of two together. I'm going to say them together. So I have um, Good Will Hunting is another one of my favorite movies. And there's a scene with um, Matt Damon and Robin Williams where they're sitting on a bench. And um, prior to the bench, Matt Damon had made a comment about this painting in his office. And... Um, it was very, uh, it was about his wife or something. And so they're sitting on the bench and he's saying like, I, like, I know you're a genius. Like I get it. But, and, and I know you could, if I asked you about the Sistine Chapel, like you would be able to rhyme off every, everything about it. But do you know what it smells like? And do you know what it feels to walk in it? And do you know, anyways, he takes them on this like journey of, yeah, you can read everything, but if you're not out there kind of exploring life, you know, like. Like it's, it's not worth it or whatever. Like anyways, the scene is so beautifully shot and done. And, um, even Matt Damon, he doesn't say a word, but his face and the way he's, you can see he's taking it in and normally he'd have smart aleck little comments I found and he was just quiet anyways, him. So that scene. And then another one, it's a bit like the reason I put them together is because it's like, it's, um, the montage like of, you know, what's being said and that's call me by your name. And it's Professor Perlman is talking to Timothy Chalamet's character and they're just sitting on a couch and Timothy Chalamet had just gone through a breakup and he like you have to watch it because I could never do it justice. It might have been the movie was okay to me like I thought it was good but this scene to me made the entire movie for me so worth it like it's just so beautifully said and shot and and the way he smokes his cigarette and it's so natural like you actually feel like you're watching a father and son have a conversation although Timothy Chalamet I don't think says a word like I think it's just his dad and he just he's talking about love and life and it's so beautiful I love it love it so much so even if you don't want to watch the movie just YouTube that scene because it's so worth it yeah I feel like that's also a tough movie now yeah yeah uh, little army made mm. some bad choices yeah <laughs> because you put two together i'm gonna put two together because okay. my first one is just kind of a vague and like you'll understand i'm I'm going to the marvel category Luis from ant-man explaining any story yeah and the way they film it of like he's telling the story and whoever is whoever he's telling the story about is mouthing along to what he's saying right and it's just so perfectly done that i wish that I wish Disney Plus would make a show of like him explaining every Marvel movie. Right, right. And they would bring the actors back so they'd have to be like, oh man, like I, I just, my dad died. Now I got thrown off this planet. Like he's <laughs> just, he's so, like Michael Pena is, and first of all, someone who I think is wildly underrated because of the range he can do. He's just so funny in those movies. Right, right. And I wanted to do that with the um, Why is Gamora Infinity War scene? Mm-hmm. because this is like infinity war again my favorite movie from the marvel cinematic universe and it's high stakes and especially when you get to the situation where it's okay the guardians just met thor and they sent him off to do whatever and now they're they're trying to find thanos and they're trying to fight him and here comes doctor strange t- uh excuse me iron man and spider-man they're also trying to find thanos and they run into each other and there's fighting and there's no communication. And eventually they just all get cornered into this one spot. They're ha- going back and forth of like, yeah, you kill my guy. I'll kill your guy. Like, whatever. And he's like, and Drax is laying on the ground. He's like, don't worry, Quill. I can take it as Iron Man is like literally ready to kill him. <laughs> right. He's like, he can't take it. And they have this um, Quill asked Tony, where's Gamora? Mm-hmm. And Tony's like, I'll do you one better. 
who's Gamora? <laughs> right. And there's Drax in like the perfect kind of Guardians comedy of he's laying on the ground. He's like, I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? Right. Like, and it's just, it's a scene and they cut it off at the perfect time because that's when they have the real conversation of like, we're on the same side here. Yeah. But in such a serious movie, they just throw in this like comedy. It's just, it's one of my favorite scenes. Right. So good. I know. I still have to finish my last two movies from the Marvel. That's been like, I feel like that's been months. I know. Because then I got back into Alias. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was rewatching Alias thinking I'm a spy. It's my fave. Um, that's good. I always, I love Marvel talk. So I love that one. Okay. So I'm going to bring <laughs> Mine's a little different. Um, so Lost in Translation by Sofia Coppola is one. Again, I would put it probably in one of my top 10. Like it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And so Bill Murray, Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson have this like friendship kind of thing. And they're in this like Japan hotel and her, she's newly married and she's, her husband's always off working. So she, her and Bill Murray become friends and they have like, you never really know if it's like a love thing or just a friendship thing, but it's just a really sweet, whatever it is, it's really sweet. And at the very, very end of the movie, he's, they're saying goodbye to each other and they're sad because they're going to miss each other. And he whispers something in her ear and it's, it's always been, uh, I, it's always been a thing that Sofia Coppola says, I never knew it was going to become a thing of what did he say? And they will never tell. And there's part of me that's like, I'm glad I don't. Because it would almost ruin it. It would ruin it. And it because it had this element of secrecy and it's between them and it's their characters. And and then, yeah, so they're in this like crowded street and then he whispers and she smiles and then they just like walk away from each other. And it's just, oh, it's just a beautiful movie. I love Lost in Translation. And Sofia Coppola is someone who would almost get underrated because of her dad. Yeah. And like I would argue that she's made better movies yeah, than her dad. Yeah, I love her not movies. Not like I'm not going to say every movie because like isn't Francis Ford Coppola isn't that like Godfather? Yes. Like yeah. that's those are untouchable, yeah. but I just maybe just like the amount that Sofia Coppola's done is yeah. amazing. I just I like her movies. They have a they have a sweetness and a slow and a steady and it's not so fast but like I just I like I like her, her movies a lot. So, and Lost in Translation. If I had to make a top 10 list, would definitely be on it. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go sports. I'm trying to like balance so we're not like too high or too low. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I really would want to just say the entire Miracle movie, but specifically when Kurt Russell gets his moment and he gets to the speech. And honestly, like I haven't seen that movie for a while. If you turned it on, I could probably go word for word with it. One of my favorite movies, but just bringing this... And I like saying it as you're bringing these college kids together Mm -hmm. and you're saying, okay, you're going to go to the Olympics. You're going to face this Soviet Union, Russian team, whatever you want to call them. They've been playing together for over a decade. They're beating NHL teams, NHL all-star teams, but this is your chance. Mm -hmm. And there's really, there's two scenes with that movie and it's his speech and it's when they don't play well in a game, so they have to start skating, and guys are like literally dry heaving, and it's how yeah. they decide Mike Ruzioni is the captain. But to me, that speech, and it's just like great, great teams come from, or great moments come from great opportunities. Mm-hmm. And he just goes on this speech, and my favorite part is like, if we play this game 10 times, they will, might win nine, mm-hmm. but not tonight. Yeah. And that's his whole, it's just always not tonight. Yeah. And it's just such a motivational, like, it, it's always it's one of my favorite sayings but like it just makes you want to run through a brick wall right like you're just you're so ready for them to go play yeah you're just like pumped right he's just he fires you right up and it's always something i would watch it like before i played hockey games i would just listen to that speech and i'm like i don't care if this is a february and i'm playing house league hockey yeah it's just it doesn't matter you give it all it's such a great speech yeah one of my favorite moments not just in sports movies just any movie yeah i agree with you it's a good one for sure for sure. Um, okay, so I put um, the notebook, but okay, but it's not the one most people would say. It's the one where they're kissing. I was gonna say that that was your. I didn't say it about Goodwill Hunting, but most people are always like the "it's not your fault" scene. That one yeah. is like I don't want to say over the top because it's like an intense moment. But when you said when you started talking about that scene, not that I forgot about it, but I'm like that is kind of the better scene because it's more calm and it's just let's go on this journey instead of us 
basically doing therapy with each other to make you feel better. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah. It's him putting him kind of in his place a little bit. Um, So the notebook, not when they're in the boat and then it's raining and then they kiss each other. Great. Sure. Whatever. My favorite of the notebook is at the almost at the end when they're fighting and she's like, I have to go back to my fiance. And he's just like, well, like, you know, what about us? And what do you want to, she's like, well, like we're already fighting. And he's like, yeah, that's what we do. We fight. And then we make up and, you know, like, and then he says to her, the part that I like is, you know, yeah, this is going to be hard and we're going to have to work at it every day, but I want to do that with you. And for me, that's way more romantic than somebody just, you know, like it wasn't over for me and it still isn't over. And then they kiss each other. It's like, yeah, that's great and romantic, of course. But that is like Hollywoodized. That's something where if your love is that passionate yeah that's a realistic conversation yeah and he's just like yeah we're gonna have to work at it so i would say that i yeah i really liked that move that scene uh all right i'll bring it back down then and i'll go with just the ending of uncut gems Mm -hmm. of just the the going back and forth you're going between i almost wanted to say donnie because i was thinking of grown-ups you're going from Adam Sandler's character and the girl and you're going back and forth and you have this huge bet and like any person like if you just know about sports gambling he bets on like the opening tip off and is this person going to score this many points he puts together that's called a parlay like he puts these all together and it's just like a moment and it's so suspenseful and he has these guys sitting like in between like in between his store and like leaving Mm -hmm. and it's just such a like intense and then like it's payoff and it's good and it's bad and it's just a it's such a pendulum swing of emotions yeah it's a ride for sure it is fast-paced stressful movie the entire way but the ending is even amped up more right and it's also one where i'm pretty sure you gave it to me as a movie challenge because i hadn't watched Mm -hmm. it it was one where i felt like you because i guessed what was going to happen right like i had a feeling that what happened would happen not with the girl but with him and it almost just it kind of made sense yeah like for what all these characters were it didn't shock or surprise me as much as i think it should have right but that still doesn't make it bad yeah i still it shocked me just so you know it didn't i i did not see it coming so no especially the way they do it is it is the most shock but it's also a shock that also doesn't give you that much time to process right no it's yeah we're on to the next thing for sure I forgot I do have a little Marvel one into the Spider-Verse I did and it's when um, Miles has his outfit on and he's jump and he's flying through the city and it's the and it's the it's all the buildings and the way his reflection is going and it's like is it with the new suit like when he paints the suit um oh crap I don't know that's like the very end okay is that the I don't know I just remember when he's diving like Is he's it like flying. the what's up danger? Like that song? Oh, I don't remember the song that's in it. But I just remember him like the like it's the New York City buildings and it's just like his reflection and stuff. So I liked that. Yeah, that's seen it. Well, that movie I love that is... movie. I haven't actually watched it in a long time. Maybe they'll have to put that on my list for next week. Uh, I watched it like uh, maybe a couple of months ago now, oh, yeah. but I could still watch it. Like it's just it always gives me the same thing every time and I'll always get goosebumps when he paints his own suit and he it's one of my favorite sayings is like you just have to take the leap of faith yeah like i just i've heard that a uh, high school teacher told me about that and it's just always been my favorite kind of right. saying where not everything's going to be easy not everything's going to be handed to you sometimes you just have to take that risk yeah and i mean for him it's jumping off a building <laughs> for me it's like applying for a job a <laughs> right. little bit different stakes yeah but, but still still holds still the same. putting yourself out there right yep um I'm trying to think where where um I guess I'm going to go a little more classic here. Okay. I'm going to go with Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Okay. Which, when I was going to watch that movie, I was a little bit younger. Like, I haven't watched it for a while. I'm like, oh, it's a little silly. The I, Have you seen that? I don't know if I have. The scene in particular is, like, our main character fighting the Black Knight and, like, cuts both of his arms off. Or, mm. like, it's it's a very, like, slow fight, but ends up cutting both of his arms off. And the whole time this guy is like, 
oh what i'm fine like he cuts the one arm off and he's like oh it's just a flesh wound and like cuts off both of his arms and he's just like kind of dancing around he's like what you don't want to fight me and he starts like kicking him oh, boy and it's it does sound really silly but for that movie it just makes sense and it's just so funny because this guy like literally loses his arms and he's still like what you're not gonna fight me wow yeah yeah that is uh that's a journey yeah um i put seven what's in the box It's not just because of that scene, though, or just that moment. But when they're driving up to the spot and it's all the power lines and it's like that yellowy tinge. And it's like, I don't know. It's just a cool it's a cool shot of like where they do it, because really they could have done that scene anywhere. They could have done it on the street. So I like that they chose that area like isolating kind of it's just the three of them. Yeah. And so Brad Pitts obviously wants to know what's in the box. What's in the fucking box? Yeah. Like and Morgan, freaking out. Morgan Freeman has seen what's in the box and doesn't want Brad Pitt to freak out. So he's trying to. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole mess of things, which is seven is like one of the best movies. I, I love seven. And the whole time John Doe, I'll just call him so we don't know who it is, is antagonizing Brad Pitt the whole time. Like he's well, because in that movie, he's also he's the hothead. Yeah. Yeah, and so he's just, like, freaking out. And this guy's just basically talking so calm and cool. But he's, yeah, he's try- he's trying to get him wound up. And he's doing a very good job. So, yes, I did that one. Um, all right, what do you think? Marvel or sports? Which one should uh, we? How about sports? Okay, I'll give you, I'll do another option. Do you want to hear about a montage or, like, really breaking down characters? Oh my God, it's so hard. There's, to me, nothing better than a montage of, like, in sports movies where people are working out and they're sweating and they're, like, running. And I, I, love, a, I love a good sports movie montage. So hit me with some montage. Uh, and this is, it's a good connection because this is Brad Pitt, Moneyball, and this team that he builds, and it doesn't make sense, but he's just following analytics. He joined up with Jonah Hill and his team goes on a 20 i think it's 21 game win streak and it's his superstitions he doesn't watch the game and he goes to i think it's their 20 whatever it would have been their like 20 or 21st game and they could have won and he goes to watch but before that as they're going through the win streak and it's this team nobody believes in like their superstar player is a washed up player that the Yankees are literally paying for him not to be on their team. Right. It's a team nobody believes in. Chris Pratt plays Scott Hatterberg, a like longtime catcher, but his knees are bad. So he has to play first base. And there's a funny scene there where he's like, oh, you can play first base. It's easy. Like, right. Whoever was beside him, he's like, it's incredibly hard. Like right. it has those funny moments, but the montage of just going through this win streak and they do a good job of like either filming like the actors doing it but then they also use some of the real footage of what actually happened Oh, okay right i love that movie's amazing in that montage of just this team no one believes in and they lost their three best players because they got priced out yeah. and they still go on this 20 plus game win streak because they just followed the numbers right right it's all about the numbers mm-hmm. especially for baseball right yes i i didn't like it as much as you did Moneyball. That's okay. Yeah. I also didn't know like about that team. Yeah. I just found it really complicated. <laughs> well, baseball. Yeah. Baseball's kind of complicated. Yeah. Um, so I put Hidden Figures. Um, Taraji P. Henson. Um, so she works for NASA. 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 Holy, what am I? NASA. She works for NASA and she is um, like one of the only women, but she's like super, super smart. So they have her in there. And but she's obviously black and a woman in a very white. I was going to say that's like three strikes. Yeah. And whatever. When was that? Like the 60s? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, because I don't think the man had gone on the moon yet. So and so she comes in and she had been raining. So she's running through the rain and she comes into the office and Kevin Costner, her boss, comes out and he's like, where were you? Like, where do you go every like 40 minutes a day? Like whatever, yelling at her. And she's just like well, I can't go to the bathroom here. Like you people won't even drink my coffee if I touch the mug. And so it's a very um, socially like kind of what 
you know, people of that, of color had to deal with. And she's like, and there's no bathroom for me. So, and then Kevin Costner goes and he rips the sign down of, you know, and tries to make it, he takes the, he takes the sign off of the coffee that says, um, like white or or colored or whatever it says, he rips that off. And then he's just basically going around and being like this, like that's enough. Like, so I just, I like the whole montage of that scene of, just you know it's somebody who he obviously he didn't even realize that someone was going through that and so yeah so i said that one all right i'm gonna bring it back to comedy okay and we're gonna go super bad yes and there's a lot of funny scenes but to me the funny because i love seth rogan and bill Hader are so good in that movie but my favorite scene and it's just kind of become more popular as time has gone on is when uh christopher mince platt's mince Plas character uh gets the id from hawaii and it's oh, just yeah. mclovin one name yeah. and he's like and because he needs to buy them alcohol and uh jonah hill's character's like why why did you what like like they're just so mad and confused and michael sarah's so good because he's so like calm and he's like uh i don't know man like that's not really like that's not good and jonah hill's just freaking out because he wants the girl and he needs the alcohol to do so and uh mclovin just because that's what you have to call me just like well or like uh, why did you choose muhammad or damn it i ruined the joke mclovin and he's oh. like oh it's between that or muhammad he's like why the fuck would it be between that or muhammad <laughs> right. and he's like read a book dipshit it's like the most common name in the world <laughs> and it's just so and it's such a like small part of the movie because it's yeah. pretty early on but it's just it's an iconic thing like many like so many people have like posters or flags of just like that idea that says mclovin from hawaii right so that's yeah. that's definitely one of my favorites that's really funny i love that movie um so i have a couple i'm just gonna kind of say them quickly a few because i want to end on a certain one so baby driver the editing and like the very first scene or when they when they first do their first heist there's yeah. like this scene that is like so incredible the way he you know, puts it in gear. It's like all to the beat of a song. Yeah, so I everything just, is so connected. Yeah, it that is really good. I remember that standing out to me. Um, in the movie The Impossible, which is about the real life tsunami that happened, uh, it's a, like a true story about this family and just the way they do the tsunami hitting and stuff is really. I mean, it's pretty incredible. And um, in Room with Brie Larson and Jacob Tremblay, they escape the room. Well, he does the little boy and then they have to go and try and find the mom. And when she comes running out to the police car because he's like they're free or whatever, it's just so well done because I feel like that's a really hard scene because you don't want to be over the top and whatever. And I think she played it like beautifully and stuff. So that's those are kind of just like a few little Mm -hmm. ones that I thought of. Um, I don't really know if I have any more like little ones, I guess. Um, You can do whatever you want. Um, I guess I'll just say, um, that's tough. I'll I'll go with the Avengers Age of Ultron, uh, everyone trying to lift Mjolnir scene. Yes. That one's just so funny, especially because like a couple minutes later, it's like when we get our villain and everything, it's kind of a moment for everyone to exhale and we're having this competition to see who can lift Thor's hammer. And the part that was like kind of weird in the moment, then once you get to the end, you're like, oh, this makes sense. This Captain America lifts it and you could just you could hear it and you could feel it move a budge. Uh, you can feel him move like, a little bit. Yeah. It like budges. Yes. And they do such a perfect job with that shot of because of how like Cap is lifting it you can see thor right in between so you can see his face the whole time and yeah. how he's reacting and you could just see the concern because tony's being all cocky he's like uh so if i lift this i'm like the king of asgard he's like yeah he's like all right well i'm gonna bring back prima nocta like he has all these plans for it and cap's just like he doesn't really even want to do it and they're like come on just do it yeah. and he moves it a little bit and you can see thor worried and obviously like, oh. It, it pays off a few movies later, but it was just, even in that moment, it was just a nice moment to see everyone, like, post-party, like, they're eating Chinese food. It's just a moment to get to know those characters a little more. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree, for sure. It's a great scene. Okay, my last, my last one is... This, Gar- is, this is the last one. This is? Yeah, like, you, you, you're... Oh, okay. You're so, um, Garden State, another one of my fave movies hard always to pick a it's always hard to pick a scene in a favorite movie but I think the scene that I love the most is they were partying at this really rich guy he he designed um uh 
that's Velcro that didn't make the sound. So he becomes this like millionaire and they're sitting in this basically empty mansion, but there's a huge fireplace. And so they sit there and they have this conversation and we find out why Zach Braff's character is, we just find out some, some insight on him. Mm -hmm. And then the two of them leave and it's just Natalie Portman and him. And, um, so they have a conversation and he's just like, you know, like, I like you and, it's just whatever. And she's like, I can tap dance. Do you want to see? And then they pan back and she's tap dancing and they have the song on. That's so good. Like, it's just, it's so beautifully shot. Like it's one of those where I love, um, I love the whole journey of that whole fireplace scene. It mm-hmm. is, it is my favorite in the movie. I just think it was done. And then as soon as she stands up, it's just the song comes on. And so just that music brings, it just brings it in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a good place to end off. Before we go, let's pick our next yes. movies. Yes. You can you could just oh, pick okay. it. That's okay. He likes, he I'll do. Does. I'll make I'll make the noise yeah. as you're Okay. Sixty four. Number sixty four, that is Pan's Labyrinth. Okay. <laughs> that's that didn't look endorsing. No, I I don't know if you'll like it, but Got it. Can you hear it? Yeah. Did you get it? This one. Pick a good one. No. Number 80. That is, we're going back, Clint Eastwood, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That's okay. Clint Eastwood, right? Yeah, I think so. Let's hope so. It's a Western for yeah. sure. Hatfields and McCoys, hopefully. It's like the rivalry everybody talks about. Right. All right. All right. Uh, Case, you got anything else? I got nothing else. Stay safe, everyone. All right. And besides that, we'll see you next time. Bye.